Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Pei Zayin. Today's shiz um, Le'ilu Nishmas Yechiel Moshe Ben Shabzai and also Le'ilu Nishmas Mervin's father-in-law Shmuel Ben Yosef. We wish him and his family a long life. And it's for a refuah shleima of who, Mervin? Ben Yamin Ben Sarah. And also for my parents and my children, my family. May they all have a complete and speedy recovery. Um, so we we quite we're a little bit behind. We're on Pei Vovamud Bay's eighty six B, the seventh wide line. And so the Gemara asks, Hechi Dami Balchuva. When would someone be considered a Balchuva? Someone, as we're going to see, this is someone who's um, done complete, who's completely changed, a new person that they've that they're basically a different person from their Chuva. So Abba Rav Yehuda. When the Avera that he stumbled in earlier has come around to him a first and a second time and he's saved from it. Uh, he's, he, he's had the opportunity to do the Avera again and he hasn't done it. It must be because his Chuvah was successful. And Mechvi Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda um, showed with that woman in that place in that in that time in that place i um Ravi, what your Yehuda is saying is obviously to determine that the chuva is because of the, that the reason he's not doing the avera is because of chuva it has to be very similar scenarios if he sinned with a woman and then he has the opportunity to sin with a different woman that doesn't show that he's done chuva maybe he's just more scared of the second woman or if when he was younger and he had more energy and he sinned and he's an old man and he's doesn't have the energy to sin, well then that doesn't necessarily show that he's done a complete tshuva. So it has to be like in a very similar scenario to for this uh, thing. I wasn't sure. Is this, I mean, and obviously, obviously, chas for shalom, don't put yourself in that situation. If a person knows they struggle with something, you should avoid it. But if it happens that you're in the same situation and after having done tshuva, you don't do it again, okay, then it's a sign that your tshuva, that your bal tshuva kabura. Although that's another thing. Is it just a sign that your tshuva is sincere? I mean, obviously, let's say someone when they were younger sinned and then when they're older and they don't have the desires to do that varies anymore. Obviously, they can still do tshuva. But does that mean it's not a complete level of tshuva because they were ne- they're not in the same scenario? Or is it just depending on the sincerity and this is just a litmus test? That's something to think about. Um, Omar of Yehuda, Rav Morik Siv. Sorry, Rav Yehuda, Romik Siv. He raised a contradiction and says, Asher nosu pesha kisul chait. Someone will get forgiveness if he hides his sin. And it's written, someone who hides his sins will not have success. Uh, the question is, should you publicize your Averas and your Tshuva for them, or should you keep it secret? Uh, you know you did something wrong. Do you publicize it and publicize your Tshuva? Or do you keep it a secret? It's like Kasha. There's no difficulty. This is with a well-known sin, and this is with a... With the sin that is publicized, and this is with the sin that is not publicized. I, if everyone know you did the sin, people know about it, well then it makes sense that you do tshuva publicly so that people know that you're repair, repairing and repenting. However, if you did it in secret, no one knows about it, then it's actually a chilul Hashem to publicize it. Why would that be? Because people, if people hear about sins, 
it diminishes the it's a chilul Hashem. It diminishes Hashem's presence and the awe and respect we have for you. I was reading an article recently. Um, we don't realize how much what society does affects our moral lens. So if you hear about a lot of people that do a certain thing, there's much more chance you'll do it. So and and but so that's one aspect I think. If you publicize sins, then more chance more people will do them because it becomes a acceptable it's socially acceptable to do that and secondly um it also it just increases the chil Hashem that someone like you didn't have that um emuna. yeah you can see it now with Jacob Zuma if he flouts the law and doesn't listen to what uh, the uh, courts are telling him to do it's just open game for everybody exactly to exactly and that's why like everyone's extra aggravated because they've been kicked off arrested for going on beaches and being at restaurants and people have lost their jobs because their things have been closed down and police have uh, you know and all of a sudden there's a big famous politician who's done much more serious crimes than you and it and not only that i think like as we hear about more corruption corruption becomes more accessible um, more accessible and acceptable and there's literally not a government department that we don't hear about that there's corruption and stuff involved it's horrific but that's like like it also so from both those aspects it makes it more accessible and you see it's more uh, very yeah we see it we see it in our lives daily pardon yeah so i think that's yeah it becomes a norm so i think that's one of the explanations of this piece rav zutra bar tuvia omar rav zutra bar tuvia gives a second answer he says omar he says no he says when should you reveal your sins and reveal that you're doing tshuva is when you sinned against another person when should you not reveal your sins is when it was a sin between you and god that's a private matter between you and hashem and you should do tshuva now there are a few ways of understanding this um, many rishonim only bring the second one which means that you should never publicize in Avera even uh, and Tshuva, unless even if people know about it, unless you are, um, unless it's Ben Oram Lachavera, and even if it's Ben Oram Lachavera, if it's secret, then you should still publicize that you're doing Tshuva, um, and some actually learn that they fit together, that yeah, there are two factors. One is is it well known, and a second factor either you can say it's another time or it limits it, but is it public? Says Tana Rebbe, yeah. Yes. How do you publicize your sin? Yeah, so I think it would be when you're getting up to say vidui, but I'm not sure. Uh, good question. I imagine when you're getting up on Yom Kippur to say vidui, you would say aloud, I uh, did X and I ask forgiveness. Or when you, if, again, let's learn like many Rishonim learn that it's limited to Ben Adam Lechavero. So you make sure when you're asking your friend, when you're paying your friend back for the damage you did and you're asking him for appeasement, for forgiveness, sorry, you're trying to appease him and ask him for forgiveness, then you should, um, then you would do it in public so that people hear you asking for forgiveness. Um, but yeah, good question, I'm not sure. Tanya Rabbi Yossi, at least if it's been Adam Lamakam, I'm not sure exactly how you publicize it. Tanya Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, Omer, Adam, Oiver, Avera, Pamri, Shoina, Moichlin, Lo. Shmir Moichlin, Lo. Shlish is Moichlin, Lo. Rabbi is a Moichlin, Lo. Says Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda says that if a person does an Avera a first time, he'll get forgiven. A second time, he'll get forgiven. A third time, he'll get forgiven, but not the fourth time. Shneimar is the Pesach says, Kol Mar Hashem, Al Shloisha Pisha Yisrael, Mal Arba Lo Ashivenu. Yeah, for the first three sins of Bnei Yisrael, but on the fourth one, I will not forgive them. Vaoimer and another Pesach says, Hein Kol Eile Yipol Kel Pamim Shalosh. All for all of these, God will do 
Im, for these three times, God will do Im Gever for a man. And he says, my, why do we need the Pasuk to say three times? He says, Maybe he'll say, the only time Hashem forgives and Avera done three times is when it's communal. But if it's done by an individual, no, Toshma, Hashem will forgive a sin three times. And the one explanation, remember we saw different Averas require different levels of repentance. Like if you do a positive commandment, you just... Do tshuva and then you forgive it. If you do a negative commandment, you do tshuva and it's hung in the balance. And then when Yom Kippur comes, you're forgiven. So if you do it the first three times, obviously that will be effective. If you do it a fourth time, then it's going to go up a level and you're going to need the next level of tshuva to get forgiveness. That's one explanation of that piece. And skip in the brackets. Now we're going to vidui. Um, interesting enough, when the Rambam counts the mitzvahs, he doesn't really seem to count tshuva as a mitzvah, or he starts off his discussion of tshuva about vidui. Just in very concisely, what vidui is, vidui is specifying that you went through the tshuva process. So remember, the tshuva process is re- realizing that you did an avera, stopping to do it, and regretting, removing it from your heart, and regretting that you have done it. Um, so... So that process, you specify, you say, Hashem, I've sinned against you, and I won't do it again, etc. So that's that, that's the vidui in basics. Um, yeah, I should also remember, I mean, obviously these are deep and a lot of discussion to be had exactly how we apply practically and which halachas we follow, and the underlying, um, let's call it, let's just use the word philosophy and Jewish thought behind tshuva and all these ideas. But we'll try, so we'll try and in explanations, but uh, we're very limited for time in Dafyomi. Yeah, sorry. So, Averos that you did Vidui for on this Yom Kippur, you don't repeat and do Vidui on them on the following Yom Kippur. You've already done Vidui, you've already asked Hashem for forgiveness. And if you did that various again? Okay, then you have to do video again on the following Yom Kippur. If someone does do video again, the Torah says about him, like a dog who returns to his vomit. So a fool, um, a fool repeats his iniquity. Wow, what's the problem with doing tshuva twice? I Someone did an Avera, they did Shuvah, and they did video on Yom Kippur, and then they want to say video again on the next Yom Kippur. What's the problem with that? So it kind of shows that he doesn't believe that Hashem will forgive him. It seems that's the issue. And therefore, he's like a dog who, even though it's very disgusting, he doesn't care, and he goes back again. He doesn't like realize what he's doing by going to eat a dog when he goes to eat his vomit. So that's the first opinion, that you must never do virus again once you've done beautiful paper. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, Oime kol she kein shehu No, it's praiseworthy. Shenemar, as the Pesach says, ki pishai ani eidav achatosi negdi tomid. My sins I know about and my sins are before me constantly. I, with this possible implies you should constantly do vidui for your sins, even if you've done vidui before. Also, what does he do with this possible that implies that it's bad to do vidui a second time? If a person does an Aveira and then he does it a second time, it becomes permitted. Do you think this means permitted? It says, 
Um, rather, no, it means it becomes like permitted to him. I, when a person does an Avera a second time, he, it becomes permitted. So just interestingly, um, on this Rav Huna, which is actually, it's a yeshivist joke, but uh, I actually heard it from Rav Kurtzdag. He told us, he said, like when someone wants to do something wrong or they, someone used to come up with a bizarre leniency that's clearly against the Torah, they would, they would say, oh, that's Heter de Rav Huna. You're relying on Heter de Rav Huna. You're relying on Rav Huna's permission. The leniency of Rav Huna. What's Rav Huna's permission? That if a person does an Avera a second time, it's like it's permitted to him. But again, the Gemara calls it his permission. So that's a thing. Just in another point on this is how do we paskin? So most Rishonim in paskin that you should not repeat Vidui. If you did Vidui for an Avera one Yom Kippur and you haven't done that Avera again, you should not do Vidui for that Avera a second time. However, the Rambam paskins that you should. Okay, but sorry, Lifroy Tesachet, you have to specify the sin. Uh, you say what sin you doing when you say virush. It says, Moshe, when he was davening for the people after the Egrazov, he says, this nation has sinned. And they, um, a great sin, and they have made golden gods. That's Rebuda ben Baba's opinion. Rebbe Akiva says, ain't sorry. He doesn't have to. I'm just adding in the gears. Ain't sorry. Happy is the one who's forgiven and hides his sin. You don't have to specify your sin. Oh, so what is Moshe? Why does Moshe tell Hashem that they made golden gods if you don't have to specify the sin? There's no, because Rabbi Yanai, Moshe was specifying it for another reason, like Rabbi Yanai said to Omar Rabbi Yanai, Omar Moshe Hashem said before, Moshe said to Hashem, Hashem, you can't really hold Bnei Israel so accountable for this, for this Avera because you're the one who gave them way too much gold. Um, you're the one who gave them way too much gold um, that they that that was basically putting a stumbling block in front of them. On that, um, so according to Rabbi Akiva, just an interesting question to think about. So Rabbi Akiva says you don't have to specify your sin. Does that mean you're not allowed to specify it? Again, maybe it's uh, it's brazen to say Hashem, I did X, and now I'm doing tshuva. It's a little bit brazen, so maybe you shouldn't specify it. Or does he mean you don't have to, but it's still a good thing if you do? Um, I think someone who say that this, that we do the whole Al-Khait on Yom Kippur, a long list of all types of Avera, is to try cover this, that we do specify the sin. Um, but there is a discussion, if you doing tshuva about a specific Avera that you did on Yom Kippur, should you like add it to the list, or do we say it's covered by the general list? Okay, there were two good leaders that stood for Bnei Yisrael, Moshe David. Moshe and David, Moshe, Omer, Yichtov, Sarachruni, Shenemar, and these leaders set an example. The thing is, they're going to set for us the contradictory example. Moshe, Omer, Yichtov, Sarachruni, Shenemar, Yanoi, Montibi, Lekacheni. Moshe says to Hashem, I want my sin, I, why I'm dying now and not going into Eretz Yisrael, mentioned. And that's why we find a few times where it mentions that Moshe was not going to go into Eretz Yisrael, it mentions what he did. Remember, he hit the rock. David says, I don't want my sin mentioned. Happy is the one who gets forgiveness with his sin hidden. So now Moshe, the Moshe of David, this is the, what's the parable for David and Moshe? They're two um, women who are getting lashes by Beisden. One ate, one committed adultery. And one's getting lashed for eating 
um, certain things that she's not allowed to eat in the Shemitah year, seventh year produce that she transgresses, wasting which she was not allowed to. He says, I want everyone to know why I'm getting lashes. I don't want people to think I'm getting lashed for the same reason as that other woman. So they brought these... Um, and they hang them around her neck. She got lashes for transgressing shvirs. This woman, two women got lashes. This woman who only transgressed shvirs wants everyone to know that she's getting lashes not for the same reason as the other woman who's getting lashes for adultery. And that's what Moshe wants to say. He wants to say that I'm, again, the way I'm explaining it will have a question, but Moshe wants to say... Um, I want I want everyone to know that the reason that I'm not going into Eretz Israel is because I hit the rock. I don't want people to think that I was involved with the spas, with Loshan Hora and the rest of the nation. So that's why Moshe wanted his sin publicized whenever it's mentioned. I mean, interesting, according to this, um, David, we don't need David, how I've explained it. The whole Moshe is Moshe compared to Bnei Israel. Did he not? He didn't want people to think that he's not going into Eretz Israel for the same reason. So I'm not sure why it mentions David if you learn like that. Unless we can just say we understand why David wanted to hide his sin because it's an embarrassing Avera, it's a severe Avera. Then it says, <laughs> We publicize here, or Hanifim will be publicized, hypocrites, or those involved in flattery will be publicized because of when a tzaddik turns from his righteousness and does an iniquity I'll put a stumbling I'll make him stumble before him i.e. someone it's, it's, if someone is insincere remember they're going to get punished and that will be a chilul Hashem when people see bad things happen to a tzaddik so Hashem will make sure that they stumble and fall and their iniquities are found out um, tshuva done by the completely evil is still effective. It, it prevents punishment. And this is even if a was sealed before them. Even if um, sorry, yeah, this is even if uh, even if there was a decree already that they should be punished if they do tshuva, it will withhold that punishment. I mean, there's a big discussion in Maseches Rosh Hashanah, which the Rishonim are going to hear, that it seems once there's a Gzar Din, at least for an individual, it can't. So someone is saying, no, no matter how, if you daven enough, even a Gzar Din against an individual, I, someone's very evil, and there's a Gzar Din that certain bad things will happen to them, a heavenly decree, if they daven and do tshuva sufficiently, it will be removed. Then it carries on, Shalva Rishoim Soifa Takola, the tranquility for Rishoim brings trouble. Like when Rishoim have too much time on their hands, that's when they come up with evil plans and evil ideas. And that's the thing. Um, authority buries its those who have it. Like we know that for, for whatever reason, we know that Moshe died, uh, Yosef died before his brothers because he was in a position of authority. Authority is very destructive um, to a person's lifespan for whatever reason. Uh, one shot I heard on that is because um, he separates himself from the rest of B'nai Yisrael. One of our primary ways that we vindicate ourselves in judgment, I think that's the right word, um, is through joining with B'nai Yisrael and affiliating with them. And if we um, 
have authority, then we separate it. I heard that the Rosh Hashivas of the Mir Yeshiva would make sure to not get, generally on a special occasion, Shabbos even, you call up the Rosh Hashivas for aliyahs in the Yeshiva. But on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, the Rosh Hashivas of Mir would specify not to get aliyahs because they don't want to be separated from the community. Orom Nichnas Lova, Orom Yotzomimeno, a person enters... Um, into this world naked and he leaves it naked. Uh, you don't take your physical possessions with you. And if only his exit is as like his entrance. Uh, a person enters this world without any sin. Hopefully he leaves this world. If only he left this world without sin. A similar concept. When Rav would go out to the Maidan dinner to judge a court case, Omar Hathi would say the following. By my own will, I'm placing my life in danger. Because it's, we read various sages, Mamorim of Chazal, of the severity of judging wrong. Remember, din is to Hashem. So if a judge judges wrong, it's very severe. So he's putting his life in danger when he goes out to judge. And it's against the will of his house. Who wants their their father or husband to go be a judge in court? It's just not a... It generally doesn't turn out to be a savory, uh, a pleasant profession. And it's and it's not... And he will return empty to his house. I mean, the last thing you want is a judge returning from a court case with full pockets. The judge must return empty-handed. He mustn't get paid for his uh, court case. And if only his entrance is like his exit. Again, that risk of judging when it's when if you get it wrong. Then the Gomorrah brings the same thing by Rava, which many actually leave out, but it basically it says the exact same thing. Rava ki um, yeah, so that's the same as what we just read. When he would see the crowds following him, out of respect for him, people would like an entourage. Everyone would follow him. It says Omar, he would say this pasuk to keep him humble. He says, "If a person's exalted to the heavens, or through his excellence reaches the heavens, and his head reaches the clouds, in the end he will be." Worthless or destroyed, um, lost, like Galal, like Dan. Veroin Yoimru Ayo, and those who see him will say, Where's he gone? So he did that to remind him to not get arrogant with the honor given to him. A similar story, Rav Zutriki, Have Mikatfe Lay, Beshabs of the Regila, when they would carry them on their shoulders of the Shabbos of the festival. This is the special Shabbos that the Rav would give a public drosh, and out of honor they would offer carry him. says, Have Omer, he would say, Kil Oilam Chosain. Um, honor, power doesn't last forever. And the, does the crown pass from one generation to the next? I don't get used to this honor. It's very fleeting. And back to discussing um, the concept of uh, forgiveness and tshuva. So it says, Showing favor to a Rosha is not good. It's bad for a Shoim that they find favor in this world. 
and loy tov lala acher. It wasn't good for acher to achav, as we saw. Shen nosu loy ponim boelam hazeh. He was shown favor in this world. Shen neimar, as it says, yaan ki nichne because you weren't miponai, um, because you weren't humbled before me. Lo avi harabi yomov. I did not bring bad in his days. Uh, this is the famous idea that a rasha gets a good laugh in this world. And he gets punished in the world to come. So this, that Rishoim, find favor, that things go well for them in this world, is actually a bad thing. And then it says, um, the apostle continues, Lahatos Tariq Bemishbat, and we tilt the judgment against the righteous. He says, It's good for Tzadikim that they don't find favor in this world. It was good for Moshe that he didn't find favor in this world. As it says, Moshe says, Because I didn't believe in Hashem to sanctify his name. Let's see, I couldn't really understand this, but it seems that the pan- Moshe, because of his punishment, he died early. He didn't get any preferential treatment. And that meant that as he died, he went straight into Olam Haba. If he got preferential treatment, well, then that would have detracted from his Olam Haba and he would have lost out. Um, says, happy because not only do they bring merit to themselves, they bring merit to their descendants. for all future generations. Um, I don't had many sons, and they all should have been burnt like Nodav and Aviu. Remember the famous story, and that happened basically that way we learn Yom Kippur from, but Nodav and Aviu burnt the. They offered a strange fire, is what the Chumash says. Big discussion what exactly they did wrong. Maybe they entered the Kodesh HaKadoshim without permission, and they were burnt. But the Pasuk says, Hanoisorim, his remaining sons. Noisar has the connotations of, like, bad leftovers. Um, so the other sons were Noisarim. They were left over. They should have been burnt. But their father's merit stood for them. Um, and woe to the Rishoim, because not only do they bring guilt upon themselves, they bring guilt upon all future generations. It says, Kanaan, we know that was the one who sinned by Noach and he was cursed that all his descendants will be slaves. And he actually had many fine descendants like Tovi. Tavi is the servant of Rabban Gamliel who we find through Al-Chas that we learn halachas from him. He was a great sage. He was fitting to get smicha. Like, but the response, the, the liability of their father caused them to be in their lowly situation. He was still a slave even though he was deserving of, of uh, immense greatness. Anyone who brings merit to the many, hate won't come to his hand. And anyone who causes the many to sin, he, it's almost impossible for him to do tshuva. What's the reason that anyone who brings merit to the many um, chait does not come through his hand? So it doesn't make sense to have this Rebbe in Gehenim and all his students in 
Imkan Aden. So Shemaim tries to make it that this person doesn't end up sinning. And what's the reason that those who cause the many to sin, it's they're not allowed, Shemaim uh, doesn't let them do tshuva. Because it doesn't make sense that he should be in Ganeiden and his students in Gehenim. So, um, he will end up in Gehenim. Even a pious person who causes other people to sin will end up in Gehenim. Um, the Mishnah continued it. <coughs> if someone says, I will sin and then I will do tshuva, I will sin and then I will do tshuva, it says he won't be allowed to do tshuva. I should mention all these things where he says he's not allowed to do tshuva. It's, it's generally anything a person does he can do tshuva for. It's just there's a special assistance from Shomayim that helps people do tshuva. But these people who are exceptional to this rule, that they don't have Shemaim's assistance. Either if they put in a lot of effort and try really hard, they will manage to do tshuva, but they don't have that divine assistance. So Why does it have to say Why does it have to say it twice? Says Kedravuna, no, because this is like Ravuna says. Kedravuna, Omar Rav. When a person does an Avera a second time, it becomes permitted to him. Can't mean that it becomes permitted. You're telling me you do an Avera twice and now you're allowed to do it as many times as you want. No, it's, it's like to him, it's like it's like it's permitted. Which, what's the explanation there? Is that we're saying it becomes very, very hard to do tshuva for something that you don't really think is so bad. If we feel what we did is wrong, then we do tshuva. If we've done it so many times that we don't even think what we're doing, it goes back to what Mervyn was saying, when something becomes the norm, then it's hard to do tshuva because you don't uh, think to do tshuva. Then the Mishnah continues, If a person says, I will sin and, don't, and I'm not afraid because Yom Kippur will bring atonement. So then it says it won't bring atonement. says, This seems to be not in accordance with Rebbe because Rebbe said Yom Kippur brings atonement um, yeah. On all Averis in the Torah, whether he does Tshuva or whether he does not do Tshuva, Yom Kippurim atones. So it seems even if a person says, I will do, I will sin, and Yom Kippur atone for me, according to Rebbe, it should offer atonement. He's not, I feel a time of Rebbe, I go shiny. You could even fit it in with Rebbe and say, when a person says it like this, it's different. I granted, if a person sins by mistake, he's... he's uh, his uh, Yetzirah gets the better of him, then Yom Kippur will offer atonement. But if a person sins, saying, you know what, I'll do tshuva later, then it won't get the better of him. Then, that, then his tshuva won't work, Yom Kippur won't offer atonement. It says, um, Averis between man and Hashem, we said that Yom Kippurim atones for, but other Averis, let me, sorry, let me just check this, um, Avera is between man and his friend. He has to get forgiveness from his friend. He has to appease his friend. Rabbi Yosef Bar Chovel or Rabbi Avol. Rabbi Yosef Bar Chovel asked Rabbi Avol. Tanan, we learned in the Mishnah, Avera Shvein Adam Lach Avera Enyom Akipurim Achaper. Avera is between man and his friend. Yom Kippur does not affect atonement. 
just adding those words until he appeases his friend. Um, but wait, we have another pasuk in Novi where um, Eli said to his sons, "If a man sins against a man, Hashem will forgive him." It says, "Man Elokim." No, who? What does it mean when it says Elohim? It doesn't mean Hashem. It means Dayono judges. If a man sins, the judges will judge him. He says, Oh, I'm a safer, but wait, then the continuation doesn't make sense. He says, If a person sins to Hashem, um, who will daven for him? Obviously, Hashem can judge him. And what does it mean again? If he sins against a person, Basin will judge him. And but and then it says, But if he sins against Hashem, who will judge him? Obviously, Hashem will. So it's not Haki Omar. If a man sins against another man and appeases him, Hashem will forgive him. But if a person sins against Hashem, who's going to intercede on his behalf? And then the Gemara answers the question. There's only one way out of that pickle. It says, Tshuva and good deeds. So Benji, did you want to ask something? No, the, oh. the phone rings. Oh, so okay. I uh, oh, okay. Um, yeah. So that. So, so we see that um, again against the person you have to uh, do chuva against uh, um, against the person you have to appease him, but against Hashem you can do chuva masim toivim. Even if you just upset your friend with words, you don't actually cause him monetary or financial loss. You just upset him. So you need to appease him. My son, if you have committed to be a guarantor, you've offered to loan someone, you have become trapped by your mouth. Also, your mouth has caused you to... To mess up, do this immediately, my son, and you'll be saved. Place yourself in your friend's palm. Go and humble yourself before him and urge him to forgive you. If you have money of his, make sure to return it. And if not, get lots of friends to help you ask for his forgiveness. Omar says, If the person's not so keen to forgive you, I upset someone, and you want them to forgive you, says you should, and you go and they don't forgive you, you should take three groups of three friends. Shinemar is the says, I three phrases you should go and address. At first you say, um, you come before men, so we see you need a group of people in a row, so that would be three. And you say, I sinned, I have perverted the upright, and it was pointless. I you express, you ask him for chuva three times. says, anyone who requests forgiveness from his friends, he should not request it more than three times. as it says, Please forgive us, please, now uh, now forgive us, please. It says please three times to tell us that you must ask for forgiveness three times. The inmates may be asora ben adamu ma'amidim al kivro v'oimei chotasi la'ashem elokei Yisrael uploni shechovav tibo. If the person who you need to ask forgiveness for does, you take ten people to his grave and you ask him for forgiveness there. 
Now we're going to bring a few stories. So, I mean, interesting enough, I think the main point for us is you've got to try ask a person for forgiveness. If he's not willing to forgive you, you try with different groups of friends and using different phrases to try and get him to forgive you. Um, hopefully, I guess, if there are other people, they can try. His anger won't be as much against you, etc. He will be more likely to be appeased. Um, now we're going to mention a few things with sages who had someone that they were either upset with or someone upset them. It says, Rabbi Abba was upset with Rabbi Yirmiya. Also, I see a dosh of Rabbi Abba. He went and sat by the entrance of Rabbi Abba's house. And while he was sitting there waiting to ask for forgiveness, the maid threw out waste water and some of the droplets landed on Rabbi Yirmiya's head. Omar Asuni Ka'ashbav being made like a rabbi sheep. Koro Anatsha, and he said the Potsuk about himself, Ma'ashbos Yorim Evyon, from the rubbish heap that the destitute will rise. I, so he's, he says, it seems like I've been, I've got tshuva. Shomer Rebbe Abba Benofek Lapei Omerlei Hashta Trichina Lameifik Hadate. Rebbe Abba said, Oi, now that this insult has occurred to you in my house, I actually need to ask you for forgiveness. As it says, hey, go and give yourself into your friend. If you upset your friend, you must give yourself over to him to try and get his appeasement. Again, I'm not too sure exactly where, does, where do we see that Rabbi Yimir received forgiveness from Rabbi Abba. Like, I mean, he never ever asked it, I guess, but by the fact that Rabbi Abba came out and said, oh, yeah, I better ask forgiveness for this, he'd clearly forgiven him for the other aspect. Otherwise, maybe he would have been a bit meaner about it and said, you deserve it. Rabbi Zayri, Rabbi Zaira was upset with someone. When he was upset with someone, he would make himself available. He would like walk before that person, go near that person, make himself available. So that the person would choose to appease him from his own choice. I, Rabbi Zaira would make it easier for someone who needed to ask forgiveness to find him and ask forgiveness. Rav, Rav had was angry with the butcher. Law Asala came and the butcher never came to ask forgiveness. Says, I better go reconcile things with him. I better go to him and hopefully he will ask for forgiveness because it's Arab Yom Kippur. So Rav Huna bumped into him and he said, where's the Rebbe going? So he says, I'm going to sort out this matter with the butcher. He says, you're going to kill him because you're going to make it very easy for him to ask you to do tshuva and he's not going to want to and it's going to bring punishment to him. So this is the Kamaleu. He went and he stood before him. Um, he saw he was breaking uh, animal skulls with his uh, chopper. Says that what's that? Uh, cleaver. Says Dali The butcher saw Rav, lifted his eyes and he saw Rav. Says Omale Abba Zil He said Rav, get lost. I have nothing to discuss with you. I, he didn't ask Rav for forgiveness for upsetting him. While he was chopping these heads, a shard of bone shot out and uh, struck him in the throat and he died. So quite, uh, quite severe, but he had the opportunity to do tshuva, to appease Rav, and he didn't take it. Rav have a posak sidra kame de Rebi. Rav was saying sukim before Rebi. says, I'll... 
Hadalaresha. And then Rabbi Chia entered, so he returned back, he started the Psukim again. Ayol Barkapora, Hadalaresha. He then Barkapora entered, so he started again. Asa Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Yehuda, Laresha. Hadalaresha, Rabbi Shimon, Berebi entered, and he started again. Omar Rabbi, Asa Rabbi, Hanina Berebi, when Rabbi Hanina Berebi came, Berebi Chama, Omar Kuli Haina Hadalaresha, Lohar. He says, well, I'm going to go back to the beginning. Every two minutes, I'm not going back to the beginning. Ikpid Rabbi Hanina. Rebbe Hanina got very upset. And Rav, because for all these other sages, Rav started again. And finally for Rebbe Hanina Barabba, Rav had enough. And he said, I'm not going back. A huge disrespect for Rebbe Hanina. Rebbe Hanina Barabba, Rebbe So he said, Rav Ozel, Rav Legabe Tlaser Mali. You went to Kippur of Allah Fayas. Rav went to him 13 Erev Yom Kippurs and he never appeased him. He never forgave him. So, um, Rashi, yeah, Rashi says, well, um, but wait, didn't we say earlier you only go three times? So Rashi says, Rav was going beyond the letter of the law. You're only obligated to ask someone forgiveness three times, but if they don't forgive, but you can, if you want, ask it more times. The Rabbeinu Hananel here says, no. Shat is that your friend you only have to, another regular Jew you only have to ask three times. But this was Rav's, one of Rav's rabbis, his teacher. There he had to go as many times until he appeased him. How could Rabbi Hanina, how could Rav do that? For Homer, Rabbi Rabbi as we just said, if a person, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Hanina said, if you're asking your friend for forgiveness, you shouldn't ask him more than three times. Says Rav Shani, Rav was different, as I explained according to Rashi and the Rav. Says Rabbi Chanina, Hechi But how could Rabbi Chanina not forgive him? Says Vaho Amar Rabba said, Kolam Aver Al Midoisov, Mavirin Lo Al Kol Peshaov. Anyone who is not particular with what's done to him, they also waive his sins. I one of the good qualities, and remember, Hashem judges Mida Keneged Mida. So if someone wrongs you and you don't take it to heart and you forgive them quickly. Then, when you do wrong against Hashem, Hashem will also waive your averas, mida connected mida. So, Ella. Um, so, so how could Rabbi Chanina not forgive Rav? So he says, Ella Rabbi Chanina, chaloma chazi leila Rav, the zokfu bedikla. Rabbi Chanina had a dream that Rav was hanging hung, ha, hanging on a palm tree. The gemiri the chol the zokfu bedikla reishahave. And we have a tradition that if someone dreams about someone hanging from a palm tree, it sounds quite hectic. But no, it means that there will be a that there will be a leader. It says, um, so Omar Shmamina boila meved reshusa velo afaya. So he says. I learned from here that he wants to get permission and I'm not going to appease him. Kihechi the lazel the ligmar or rice bababel so that he leaves and he goes and teaches Torin Babel. I Rebbe Hanina was the Rosh Hashiva and he was scared that if Rav, he knew in his dream that Rav was destined to be the next Rosh Hashiva. So he was worried that as long as Rav was around, he would, uh, as long as Rav was around, he would maybe die early for Rav's chance to be the Rosh Hashiva because that was his destiny and comes along. So therefore he made it unpleasant for Rav so that Rav would leave and go to Bavel and he would become the Rosh Hashiva in Bavel. And actually, no, that's what happened. Rav went to Bavel and Rav became the, the head of the Babylonian community. Rav and Shmuel were the two early Amoraim of the Babylonian community. But this is the Rav we're speaking about. Tona Rabon and Mitzvah's Vidui. Um, 
Let's just do a few more lines. It's Tana Rabbanu Mitzvah's video, Erev Yom HaKippurim. There's a mitzvah, Erev Yom HaKippurim, Im Chasheicha. There's a mitzvah to do video on the night of Yom Kippur when it's, when it's nightfall. I, the mitzvah, there's a mitzvah on Yom Kippur to atone. As the Ramam says, obviously you can do video and do tshuva any time of year. But there's a special mitzvah to do vidui on Yom Kippur, and that starts at nightfall. But a person should do vidui before he starts his meal, before the fast. And that's what we do. We daven mincha early, and remember we add in al chayt at mincha, and then we go home and have asuda, and we come back for... Um, call Nidre and Mariv later on. But that's because of this. We worry that what's Titrof Data Basuda often means he'll get drunk, he'll get carried away in his Suda, and he won't be able to do Virui properly later. So he does Virui before his meal. And even though he's eaten and drunk, um, he must do vidui, and he must do vidui again after, in case something an avera happened during the suuda. We actually don't do this. We don't do a second vidui. There's a, some people who have a custom to say what's called tefillah zakai, and in it is a vidui, but it's not the standard practice or not officially part of our service to say vidui after the meal. We say vidui before the meal, and then we say vidui on the night. And even though he said vidui. At night, he must do vidui in the morning. Shachris is vade b'musaf, and he must do vidui again at musaf. B'musaf is vade b'mincha, b'mincha is vade b'neila. And he, he does vidui again at mincha, and vidui again at neila. V'heichan omro, where does he say this vidui? So yochid, yochid achar tfiloso. A yochid says it at the end, end of his tfila. That's what we know. And when we come to the end of the Amidah on Yom Kippur, we say, Baruch uh, Hashem, Hashem, Some people actually change the girsa there because you say, Besefer Chaim, and they change it. But you say, Hashem, And then you say, And then, and then you say the Vidui. That's why we say Vidui just before Elokai. And it's so, um, at the end of the Amidah and the community, they said in the middle. We know that on Yom Kippur there's seven brachas in the Amidah. The first three are the same as the regular first three, the last three also the same as the regular last three, and the middle one to do with Yom Kippur and Kapora, that's where the Shliatzibur says Vidui. And now we'll leave it here today, but the next question the Gemara asks is My Omar, what does he say? And just for those listening to the recording, um, I'm not feeling so well, so there's a good chance I'll miss the next few days of Shirim. I'm sorry.